You are listening to Natural Magic, written and narrated by Molly Srojas. Chapter 13. Tilly. As the third child in the family to be accepted to Faraday, Chili had been bombarded with advice even before she submitted her application. Catalina swore freshmen should make friends with upperclassmen as soon as possible. Her father reminded her not to let her anger take control of her. Her mother suggested she speak up about her innovative ideas, and Sam told her that as long as she was true to herself, she would find her place in no time. At the end of the first week, Tilly couldn't say she had found her place, but she supposed she had found a place. Her group had been thrown together by circumstance, but they made for better dinner conversation than Sam and Caddy, who spent a lot of time trying to figure out which box she belonged in. Tilly didn't like any of the boxes. Caddy's where Liberty House was for strategists, but Tilly didn't have the patience for that. Westwood had too much of a pack mentality, and Hawthorne was downright weird. And she'd already failed to take her father's advice by yelling at Mrs. Thielman, which wouldn't endear her to Providence, or Magnolia, where kids tended to be sticklers for the rules. What Tilly needed was a house for artists. Art class was the one place Tilly felt comfortable. She never talked about it because she knew that with Sam already applying to law schools and Caddy planning her perfect political career, her family wouldn't approve. She'd even opted to take art as her optional eighth course, sacrificing her recess period for it. The only person who knew was her cousin, Applestar. Art was a quiet bend in an otherwise rushing river of things to do. The reading for literature and history sometimes came out to 50 pages a night, and math only made sense in science class. She knew she should have expected the workload, but even her class on using languages to write magical workings sometimes stumped her linguistically capable mind, and she routinely made a fool of herself in Mrs. Thielman's class. Remember, magic is not about size, it's about control. Anyone can create a gust of wind strong enough to knock someone down, especially if they're drunk. Several of the upperclassmen laughed at this. But a light breeze on which to carry a message is something else entirely. Their first test, scheduled at the end of the week, required them to send a paper airplane to a partner standing around the corner on the balcony. Tilly had practiced all week and was sure she would fail. Thus far, she had managed to send one airplane high enough in the air that she lost it, and to zip her next around the corner so quickly, it knocked Matt in the face, leaving a mark on his forehead. But no matter how bad her previous classes were, when Tilly got to art, everything smoothed out. Their first day in art class, Mr. Tierschick had asked each of them to introduce themselves and name their favorite artist. Tilly chose Vasco Painter. Vasco Painter? One of the students said. I thought he did magical research for Copper Ridge University. Tilly's heart sank when she heard this. She had thought that surely someone in her art class would know about him. Her teacher came to her rescue. Vasco Painter is an excellent example for our class. Though he's more famous for his groundbreaking work in illusion magic, he is also a fine artist. Furthermore, his artwork and his illusions go hand in hand. What do you like about Painter's work, Tilly? He tends towards vivid blues and greens. They remind me of Tyan Forest, where my mother's family's from. I also like how he included elements of his life in his work. I have a print of Rolling Hills, and when you look at it closely, there's a lock and key pattern, which represents his binding tattoos. 
Fortunately for the world, the attempt to bind his magic ultimately failed. Otherwise, we wouldn't have his research or his art. He nodded to Tilly and moved on to the next student. That success gave Tilly some hope throughout the weekend. On Wint Day, when she woke, Key gave her a nervous look, and Tilly knew her roommate felt the same way she did about her upcoming test. Matt was also nervous. Ever since Miriam had shown him where to find the school library, he arrived at breakfast with his nose in a book. But that day, the book remained closed, and he fiddled with the purple ribbon that he used to tie his hair. When Miriam arrived, she looked from one of them to the next, as if trying to decipher some secret shared between the three. Are you ready for the test? Ion asked as she set her tray on the table. Tilly pictured the painting of rolling hills hanging above her bed and quoted, If magic had not been difficult for me, I would have never become great at it. Ion's eyes popped. Bosco Painter! This reaction took Tilly by surprise. If her art classmates weren't familiar with him, she certainly hadn't expected Ion to be. Yeah, are you a fan? The other girl nodded her head so hard the black braids on either side flapped like wings. Ever since Aldini introduced me to his work, he was a thief, you know. Wait, are you a fan of his illusions or his art? Miriam muttered into a slice of orange cranberry cheesecake. Ion glanced at her roommate with an amused smile. Miriam did not look back. Ion nodded to Tilly. You know, Shakib has an art museum with several works by Painter. It's the next stop over on the train. We should go there tomorrow. That'd be great. Maybe we could all go. Matt sat straighter in his chair. I think that'd be fun. Tilly was surprised to hear him speak so adamantly about something. Matt generally behaved as if he was walking on glass, and the slightest misstep might cut him to ribbons. Tilly checked her watch. We'd better get to Miss Thielen's class. Can we make plans at dinner? Ion and Matt both nodded vigorously. Great. Tilly turned to Matt. Are you ready? As much as I can be. They stood up and headed for Mrs. Thielen's class. When Matt and Tilly arrived in the classroom, most of the class was there already. Some of them were running last-minute tests on their airplanes. A few of them looked like they might be praying. Tilly put a hand up to her bone necklace to call strength from it. Surely, she thought, she had done much more difficult things in her past lives, if only she could remember them. But her fingers touched her bare neck. A chill ran down Tilly's back, and she moved both hands all around her neck in a desperate hope that the necklace would be there. But it wasn't. She knew she had put it on that morning because she remembered checking the old clasp, which she had forgotten to replace before she and her siblings had left on the train. But if the clasp finally broke, that meant all of her past knowledge was lying somewhere in the Faraday grass. Tilly turned toward the door, hoping she could find it before class started. But then Mrs. Thielman walked in, and everyone took their seats. Tilly reluctantly did also. We'll start with the tests right away. That way, if you fail, we'll have time at the end of class to work on your technique. Remember, control is key. Seniors first. She nodded to a student from Providence House. He and his partner stood up. As one of them walked out of the classroom and around the corner, Mrs. Thielman took up a position right at the corner in order to seat both partners. She nodded at the boy still in the room. He took a deep breath and concentrated, summoning a breeze. 
His tie whipped around as a strong gust picked up the little plane and sent it careening around the corner. They heard an excited yelp from the other side of the wall, and Mrs. Thielman said to him, You're trying to deliver a message, not take off your partner's head. She indicated the partner's switch places. The rest of the tests did not go much better, with the exception of one pair of girls who did not get a verbal comment from Mrs. Thielman, but did receive a subtle nod. Tilly could feel her stomach churning. If the seniors, who had been studying magic practice and theory for the last three years, couldn't do it, how would she be able to? But her turn arrived, and she was going to have to try. Relax. Matt whispered, though he looked as nervous as she felt. Teachers make things purposefully complicated, remember? Yeah, but she already hates me, and the upperclassmen can't do it. She fiddled so much with her paper airplane that it tore. They are new to wind magic. You're a natural. Matt actually smiled at her as he placed his airplane in her hand and went around the corner. Tilly tried to steady herself. Matt was right about one thing. She was naturally gifted at wind magic. But Mrs. Thielman had said control was key, and magic was difficult to control when Tilly had butterflies in her stomach. She took a deep breath to calm her nerves and tried to pull the power from around her. Summoning wind was like talking to a puppy. It was playful, but wary, and generally liked to be lured. Here's a lovely little paper airplane for you, she thought, and held it up in the air like she might hold out a biscuit. She felt the wind pick it up. The next thing she had to do was catch it, as if grabbing a leash to make it heal. She caught a rope of wind in her mind, clutching it to control the larger gust at the end. But as the wind came bounding in, it screeched like nails against a wall, and the sound broke her concentration. The plane went over the edge of the balcony. No, Tilly told the wind and tugged on the leash. The gust reversed and brought the plane backwards, but she couldn't quite direct it at Matt. She felt it crash into the wall and let it disperse. Mrs. Thielman looked at Matt, then she raised an eyebrow at Tilly. Impressive. Tilly wasn't sure whether or not this was sarcasm. Then Matt came around the corner with the airplane. The front was bent from smashing into the wall, and he smoothed it out as he walked by Tilly. Even though she was merely receiving the plane, being able to only see Mrs. Thielman somehow made the task even more stressful than sending it had been. In their practice sessions, Matt's winds had tended to either die as they came around the corner or swing erratically, sometimes forcing Tilly to chase them down. She hoped it didn't come speeding toward her as some of the others had. She waited with bated breath and touched her neck again, wishing she had her necklace to calm her. She felt the wind first, a slight breeze on her face. Then the airplane sailed around the corner as if perfectly thrown and drifted to the ground landing at her feet. Tilly stared. Very impressive, Mr. Truitt. Matt peeked around the corner. He said nothing, but made a face halfway between a smirk and a whistle. Then Mrs. Thielman beckoned for the rest of the class so she could show them the perfect landing. She asked Matt to describe what he did to get the wind in control, but Matt had gotten nervous again. He shuffled his feet and backed up until he bumped into someone else. Mrs. Thielman walked closer to him and leaned in slightly. I'm sorry, Mr. Truitt. I didn't catch that. I... I don't know. Though Matt's voice was loud enough to hear, he directed his comment to the ground. 
I did it once before, on accident. I just, I tried to think about that. This response was enough for Mrs. Thielman. Magic is about intention. You have to be focused on your goal. If you lose focus, even for a short moment, that's when you lose control and a magical working can go wild. That's why so many workings by young wizards do. When students are first learning magic, they don't have clear intentions, or they easily lose sight of their intentions. Mr. Truitt had a clear purpose in mind, and he remained focused on it. We will continue to practice until everyone can do it so well. Matt ducked his head, as if trying to get out of sight, and, Tilly noticed, so did the girls who had previously done well enough to have a mere nod from Mrs. Thielman. She didn't blame them. Anyone looking at Matt could see he was born for Faraday. Wind wasn't even his natural gift. But Tilly, no matter how many of her family members attended the school, felt less and less like she fit in. You have been listening to Natural Magic, written and narrated by Molly Sroges. The role of Tilly was played by Indy Jones. Matt and Key were played by Casey Kirkpatrick and CJ Brandeman. Brittany Nunez played Ion, and Stephanie of the Drift played Miriam. Music and sound effects from Pixabay. Cafeteria ambiance from Ambient Sound Mixer. To learn more about our artists or to read this book online, find The Stitch Witch's Apprentice on Tumblr. Or follow the links in the show notes.